0: Hello again, and welcome to episode number five now of the Keith Ergo Show, your inside look at Fordham men's basketball. Andrew Bogish, coach, and a special guest in just a second with you here. Uh, coming to you the day after an impressive win at Rose Hill Gym over St. Bonaventure before a trip over this weekend to VCU. Again, it has huge implications in the Atlantic 10 standings here late now in the regular season. Coach, as always, it is great to chat. Thanks for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. And congrats again on the Bonnies' win.
1: Hey, thanks so much, Andrew. I appreciate it. And um, Obviously, I just want to, before we even get started, got to give a shout-out to Rose Thrill and the shirtless art band. um, Carried us through last night. The energy in that building, it just gets better every night. It it literally has gotten better each and every home game. Um, And we got two more left in this building, and hopefully it can can get louder uh, the next two um, because it is – Just an incredible difference. Um, The energy it brings to our program, our players, the difference it makes in the second half on the free throw line for the opposing team. It's just truly fantastic. And it's a testament to all the hard work that these guys have put in um, and they're starting to reap the the reward. So just a fantastic university and program win last night. So thank you.
0: Um, And I think in particular, and you said this, I believe after the game, Usually, when when Bonaventure comes to the Bronx, they travel really well, and there's a lot of brown, and it's loud. But last night, they were kind of, you know, shoved into one section, and and you guys kept them quiet for most of the night.
1: Yeah, you know what? Like um, I mentioned it last night, at my press conference, I was I was uh, outside when St. Bonaventure was done their walkthrough, and I ran into Mark, uh, you know, Coach Schmidt, and he was like, um, I asked him specifically. I said, "Yo, have you ever been in here where it's been, you know, packed?" Uh, he's like, you know what? We usually get good crowds in this building, um, but <laughs> 50% of it's usually St. Bonaventure fans. It's like, I don't think that's the case tonight, you know, but it's, it, you know, he's like, it's exciting. It's great for the league. And it's, you know, it, it should be happening here at Fordham. Um, and I think there was a moment where they went on their one run. They went on a, a good run at one point, maybe in the first half. And all of a sudden, you heard some Bonnie's cheers. But that lasted for about 30 seconds, and then I didn't hear any fans again other than, you know, you know, the Rambles. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a testament to where we are right now, and it's pretty exciting times here at Fordham basketball for sure.
0: When you and I talk uh, with the whole TV crew before games, you have mentioned more than once, you know, your desire to get a full 40-minute effort from the guys. You haven't played Fordham basketball for a full game Last yeah. night felt pretty close, though, to a full game. Was that maybe the best top-to-bottom effort you guys have had?
1: We just talked about that, actually, in our team meeting when we were watching film, and it was just, it was no doubt the best that we have played for 40 minutes on both ends of the floor. Um, but the funny thing is we, we didn't play our best. Um, we know that. We made a bunch of mental errors that we typically don't make. Fortunately, we've really been good in the second half of cleaning some of those first-half errors up. So the 40-minute game is still out there, uh, and it is definitely the goal. And I believe if we play 40 minutes of of what we're capable of playing, um, it really doesn't matter who's in front of us. I think we're capable of beating anybody.
0: Well, for the first time in a very long time, Florida men's basketball is sitting here in the middle of February, and there's a valid conversation about resumes and quality wins okay. and all this kind of stuff and computer numbers, even just for the NIT. And despite 21 wins and nine wins in the league, the computer doesn't love you guys that much because the computers don't seem to love the Atlantic 10. And I know you don't want to maybe talk about yourself specifically, but maybe go to bat yeah. here for the conference that the league is tougher yeah. than some numbers
1: are are leading others to believe. It's an absolute joke, quite honestly. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the metrics are like offensive, all based on offense too. Like there's no defense some of the best teams, defensive teams in America in this conference. So, um, you know, I think it's kind of comical when you have, I think it's up to, it's either nine, possibly 10 teams in a 15-team league that all have winning records. You know, that doesn't, that, that we might be the only, the only league in the country that has nine or 10, whatever percentage of the 15 teams that, that have winning records. So, you know, I, I think way too much stock is, is played um, in the first month to two months of the season, especially in today's world when you have so many teams with brand-new players, new coaches, and things of that nature. There is not a team in this league right now that I don't think is getting better every night. Teams like Loyola Chicago, like they're such well-coached teams. You know, I just – I find it comical because when you watch – if you talk about the eye test, there are teams in this league right now, five, six, seven teams, that can play any team in any league and and be matched up. You know, it's – I I just I I find it very interesting that they they waste so much on games in November. Like it's outrageous. You know, you have freshmen that are infinitely better. You have upperclassmen that are infinitely better. So much more clout should be um, should be kind of um, go into games in February, in my opinion. Right now, I put up plenty of teams in the Atlantic 10 up against a number of teams that I watch on a regular basis. So um, but, you know, that's out of our control. So it is what it is. And I don't know if it's going to change. Yeah, and the thing that's
0: always been annoying to me as a fan and and covering the sport, I kind of feel like context should matter. Like, there are teams across the country in every league right now that are not meeting expectations but have better metrics and better computer numbers than, say, you guys, and everyone keeps referencing you as one of the best stories in the game. I don't know how you would get credit for that, but your 21-5 and five, in a lot of ways is more impressive and a better story than somebody's – 18 and 13 right now, but they have better Ken Palm numbers.
1: Yeah. And the Ken Palm numbers, I mean, they're all skewed for certain situations. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, you know, we didn't play any division three division two teams. Right. So yes, our strength of schedule in the non-conference was, was not incredible, but like, you know, Chris Mooney had mentioned, it's impossible to schedule games. The only other high major teams that will play us, we have to travel to Arkansas to get a high major game. Like, you know, so it's just an interesting situation. Nobody's coming to our place, right? The only play us on a neutral site, if that, and they don't even want to do that. You have all these leagues with, you know, 20-game 20, 20 seasons, right? 20-league 20, 20 game, games. So, you know, they're not likely to go out and decide to play a team in the Atlanta 10 that they could potentially lose to on a given night. Um, it's very rare and it's very difficult to schedule. So no matter what the scheduling looks like in the non-conference, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough. Um, especially for a team like Fordham, you know, we don't have, uh, the incredible clout like a VCU, like a Dayton, like a Richmond at this point. So even a high major is not going to do a home and a home because it's less likely to get a, a deal with ESPN for those games right now. Um, We have to prove ourselves, I guess, in order to get those types of games moving forward. Um, So we just, you know, the bottom line is we play who's in front of us. All we can do is that. And, you know, um, but I really believe these guys deserve a serious look. Um, We got a long way to go. So we're really not focused too much on that. But I think this league has got some of the best coaches in America. And I think it's got some great fan bases and some really, really good basketball teams, especially right now in February.
0: Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we've got a special guest. It went so well with Darius Quisenberry a couple weeks ago. We're going back to the well, bringing in one of his partners in crime. Uh, another great all-around game against the Bonnies from him. Nine points, four rebounds, eight assists. It's 15 assists, just two turnovers over his last three games. Uh, top ten in steals and, an assist, and assists in the league. It's Antrell Charlton joining us here this week. Trell, it's great to chat, man. Thanks so much for hanging out.
1: Andrew, you just right, changed right to have Dude, what are you doing right now? We're going at VCU. You're talking about turnovers and assists. I want to spit. Yeah. Coach Paulson made the mistake the other day of talking about how our turnover ratio, blah, blah, blah. And we went out and had 16 turnovers last night. <laughs> if well we hit trial ends up with anything more than two to three turnovers i'm not doing any more podcasts
0: <laughs> well i have to say i thought you were going to yell at me a couple of weeks ago because apparently i alerted darius to being close to 2,000 points and then he only scored the four at richmond that game <laughs> but my good buddy john feinstein i think talked to you earlier in that day broke your no pregame chat rule so i yeah, think he took me. the jinx heat more than i did
1: I'm the complete to blame. I, 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 I was a, the whole trip was a mess and and I'm, I take full responsibility for what happened in Richmond. There's no doubt in that.
0: So Antrell protect the ball Saturday. That's you. That's your one goal. Do me that favor. Okay, man. Uh, So let me, let me ask you this. I mean, you were here last year for what was a really good year for Fordham at 16 and 16, and now you're 21 and five. What are you most proud about right now? from your guys, from you in this season?
2: Uh, how we stuck together, like, through ups and downs. Even, like, well, we to us, like, we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Like, even the games we did lose, we feel like we gave some away. But I just, just like our connectivity. Like, no matter what happened, the ups and downs, like, when guys are having down games or down practices, we always uplifting each other or holding each other accountable. So I just like the connecti- uh, connectivity in the locker room. Everybody's, like, uh, coach Ergo says the same status, different roles. So we always look at each other as the same status. We all just have different roles. So we all can take a uh, criticism from the next teammate, no matter if we so-called um, got a higher status or a role than them. We always take criticism from our other teammates. So I just like it.
0: I've mentioned this to coach uh, on this show before. It is it's very obvious to me how much you guys care about each other and care about Fordham. And except for Kyle, you guys are all kind of newish to the program. How so quickly did you guys have such a strong connection to not just the team, but the school as a whole?
2: Uh, like coach Argo says, you kind of just like, when you came in, like, I didn't absolutely knew nothing about Fordham. Like before when I at nothing about him, like never really heard of him. And so when I came here, you just kind of like fall in love with the place. Like, it's like everybody's kind of like connected, like it's like a community around here. So you kind of just fall in love with it. And then once I was able to learn the history, like last year we had a couple of the uh, alumni, old players, they came and talked to us. and We learned more about history. You just like feel that pride that you want to do something special for them and having that Bronx attitude. So you just kind of want to do something special for them. So it just kind of like get instilled into you.
0: Now it took me almost two full years to find this out. But coach, you've known Antrell since he was in high school because his brother was with you at Penn State?
1: Yeah, we had um so Jamari Wheeler, his 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 brother was um a four-year player for us at, at um at Penn State. So Antrell used to visit Penn State all the time. And obviously I got very familiar with his family and um just one of my favorite families that I've ever had the privilege to develop a relationship with in this business, just from top to bottom, just wonderful people. Um, they kind of get it. They're just as hard on their kids as, as the coaches are, they don't kiss their ass and it's really, it's a, it's, um, much, you you never hear from them. Uh, you know, they never, it's not like they're calling you like what's going on you know, they just, um, they kind of, they just get it. And they're wonderful kids. They've instilled some great values into their kids. Um, what I respect and what I love most about um, Antrell and his brother is uh, they're winners. No matter what it is, man, they, they're compete. They compete they're they so competitive. It doesn't matter if it's a shooting drill. doesn't matter what drill it is, whether or not it's an actual scrimmage game. It could be anything. They're just some of the, the, the most competitive people that I've ever been around. And as a result, they're tremendous leaders. Um, his brother was an incredible leader and Trell is no different. Um, I, I think Charles has, has become, uh, you know, one of the most important, if not the most important leader on this team guys, respect him because of his work ethic, because of his IQ, uh, his ability to play every position on the floor. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, with where he came from and his upbringing and kind of his family environment.
0: Uh, and Andrew, speaking of your family, when Darius was on, I, uh, I asked his mom over Twitter for some, some, some dirt on him. We went even a step further this time. I talked to your dad on the phone earlier today, and we'd still be talking now if I didn't have to get back to work before. I just said, hello. I said, can we, can you give me anything? And I think you talked for eight minutes straight. So tell me the story. I guess in AAU game, you forgot your shorts, you lost your shorts, and you had the right jersey but different shorts on. The other team gave you crap, and you scored 30 on them?
2: <laughs> yeah, I forgot, I forgot my shorts. And It was crazy cuz like I'm like the coach's kid, my pops, and my father is also the coach of the team so it's like crazy the coach's kid the only one who forget the shorts I got on totally different color shorts from our team the uh kids you know they picking at me the other kids we were younger so they making jokes and stuff so I ended up having a really good game that game who's but that the wasn't best? really that wasn't really nothing new I'm always known for like losing stuff like <laughs> <that wasn't
0: really laughs> new. uh who's the best trash talker in the family you your brother your dad somebody else who's the best at it
2: Oh dude. It might it might be my Pops. I don't know. He kinda I don't know. It might be my 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 father. He he It's gotta be. They gotta get
1: it from somewhere because there's no yeah. way that Jamari, I mean both of them like, Jamari never stops talking. He like doesn't. he never should, Ever. Like Trell, you know, he kind of like runs away from you because he doesn't want to deal with anything. So you gotta track Trell down. Like Jamari just never stops. So you gotta get it from somewhere. It must be Pops.
2: Yeah, I'll I say my father probably. He probably, I don't know. It's a close thing. I don't know if my brother are running in the close. He, like he said, what Ergo said, he never shuts up. He doesn't stop.
0: <laughs> but you need it. It's like part of your dad said, it's kind of just part of your game. Like you need to talk to be at, at your best on the court.
2: Yeah, Coach Ergo always kind of gets on to me. Like, just stay focused. I, I, I just can't help it. Like, it, it kind of gets me into the game. It gets me locked in. Like, I just I just always play like that growing up. So it's just like something I have to do.
0: Your dad don't mind also... it
1: as long as you're mentally tough to get on to the next play. You know, screw <laughs> up with defense were in like last night. <laughs> uh
0: your dad also said he doesn't think that you and your brother ever actually finished a game. That maybe it ended in an argument and a fight more than somebody actually getting to the end. Is that true?
2: Every time. Every <laughs> single time. Every single time. That's
1: good. That that that's that actually that's great for for brothers. I love it.
2: Yeah, we never finish again. We always arguing about anything, like anything. <laughs> we always arguing to get into it.
0: Now, you've kind of finished a couple of games this year. You've hit two of the biggest shots just the other day at Davidson, the winner at LaSalle. You're not asked to score a ton of points. You don't always get a, a ton of shots, but in two big moments, no hesitation to take big shots, tough shots. Where does where does that come from? That confidence
2: uh like since growing up I just always like the ball in my hands when it's like the games on the line like even if it's me making the shot or making the play I just like to be the one involved so I just like to make the play I trust myself my also my teammates and the coaches they also get that confidence in me everybody trusts me to make the right play so they gave me the confidence so I just always had that confidence in those moments to take those shots
0: your dad was tweeting about your mid-range game where did did that come from him too or where'd you had you kind of Uh, find that sweet spot
2: the mid-range just kind of like it just happened. It just happened once here, year in the You can't shoot threes. you
1: move in a little bit, you work <laughs> on that a little bit more. That's what
2: happened. <laughs> and it's crazy, like growing up, I was always known as the three-point shooter. So like I never shot any midi. So once I got old, I just kind of became my game. And Melo always been my favorite player. So also him and Dirk Nowitzki, that's one of my favorite players too. So those two also love the MIDI. So
0: I just kind of fell in love with it. Can we get get you off one leg like Dirk at some point?
2: No.
1: I actually tried it. Uh,
2: I have, if you see it in practice, I shot it a couple. I go. shoot it a lot in practice,
0: actually, but I haven't done it in the game
1: yet. Yeah, and you're not going to, unless it's a shot clock violation.
0: Um, another thing that's very noticeable about you uh, before a game, when we're in the gym kind of early and you guys are just coming out to start warming up, you're singing to yourself, you're dancing, you're kind of off in your own world. Can you walk me through that kind of pregame routine and get ready to play?
1: No oh. different than the rest of his day. Yeah, I about to say, if you know
2: me, like, you know I'm always dancing and singing a song, just doing, clowning around, just joking around. So it just, just something I do, just get me loose and get me into the game. I like to listen to music and just dance a lot. So, I don't know, it's just something I always done. It's not even a pregame ritual, really. It's just something I just like to do.
0: So it's not like the same song or the same playlist? Nah, that, nah, no, Nothing like that? Songs, whatever they playing
2: over the stereo, or if I got my AirPods in on the road, I'm just whatever listening, it doesn't matter, as long as I know the song.
0: Where did the insistence on knocking the ball out of the rim, like say they take a shot, there's a foul, and somebody just throws it up there, and you're knocking it off the rim. Is that from coach? Is that from you, from your dad? Where did that me. come from? No?
1: Uh, me like, and Kyle Rose, we
2: just, something we did last year, we just started doing it last year, me and Kyle Rose. Just, we, all we do is watch basketball, so watching the NBA games, we just started doing it. And like <laughs> like Coach Neptune, he always kind of like, he used to have a problem with it. The refs to say something every now and then, but we just, something we just do.
1: I think it actually – i believe it or not, I, I don't – I really don't care. Um, I know that they love to do it, but I think it actually messes with the other team. It does, especially really, in the score. <laughs> it starts to piss them off because the idea is not to let them see the ball go through mm-hmm. the basket. So it, it actually – you know, anything you can get – anything you can do to get under their skin. So they seem to be able to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's – not knowing that it was just you and Kyle having fun. Like I, I read it as like a thing, like guys, they don't score. Like there, they, there's no yeah, easy yeah, basket. Yeah, the ball doesn't go in. Like I thought it was to, to send a message.
2: Yeah. It, it, we kind of took it like that. Like it kind of grew into that. Like we even do it to, uh, in practice. We're going through walkthroughs when the walk-ons are helping us go through and there. We don't even let them score. we block it from the net
0: also. Oh, that's not nice. I was, <laughs> I was one of those guys. That's not cool. Come on.
1: Yeah, we <laughs> <like> that <laughs>
0: Nothing easy.
1: I like that mentality, though. It's great.
0: Um, his dad, Keith, thinks that Antrell could be a coach one day. What do you think? I don't think
1: he really has any other choice. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of in his DNA. And look, when you're playing, nobody thinks you're going to be a coach. And, you know, 75% of ex-players try to be coaches. So um, I think his IQ and, like, Antrell, there's a difference. There's There's kids that love the game. There's kids that like the game. then there's kids that live the game and Trell Charlton absolutely lives the game. It's all he does. You know, he watches too much NBA in my opinion, because it's such a different game, but I mean, it's funny. Like, I don't know if he remembers, he has a test tonight. Uh, I don't want to say that too loud, but, but I guarantee he could rattle off statistics from some kid's game last night for the Dallas Mavericks. Like, it's remarkable. Any conversation you have with the kid about basketball, he could go back years like he's an encyclopedia when it comes to basketball. It's amazing. Either that or music. He could rattle off lyrics. It's like, you know, well, tonight you got a you know, a test. What, what, are you prepared for that? You know, that kind of thing. But he lives the game of basketball. It's all he thinks about, it's all he does. He's in the gym constantly. He's watching basketball constantly. Um, and so I don't doubt his IQ is one of the highest I've ever been around on the court. Um, almost too good because he's stubborn. He's, I was almost going to curse me stubborn. But but he um, he he is, without a doubt, got a future in coaching if that's what he chooses to do. And hopefully someday it's it's with me because I wouldn't even hesitate to have more on staff. You know, because it's not just about coaching a game of basketball. It's about influencing other, other individuals. Um, and, and I think he could be – I see it already – He's made an incredible impact on a freshman. So I know as he gets older and he starts to realize, you know, his gifts, I think giving back and coaching could be an incredible opportunity for him to be successful and and really influence a lot of other individuals as well.
0: Do you want to coach Antrim? Uh, Right now. I (laughs) I don't know how they do it. I don't know.
2: But that's something that Coach Argo always says. He always tells me, you're going to be a coach, but I always tell him no. And my pops always tell me the same thing. So I always I, I don't know. I hope not. I don't want to.
1: Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed him and his brother. I don't know if they, if they can't do anything else. And I not going to be rap <laughs> well, Keith, let me
0: ask you this, I guess, in general. You know, you, you're looking at a kid in high school or junior college in Entrell's situation, and you've got – you know, the basketball stuff, the encore stuff, the stats, and then on the other column is all the amazing things you just said about him as a student of the game, yep. loving the game. How much bonus points, I guess, for lack of a better term, do you get in a recruit on a resume for that that kind of stuff?
1: With, with Antrell, it had nothing really to do. I mean, it had to do. Obviously, he's talented on the court, size, his is strength, but his leadership. I mean, he led his team to to the Final Four at Hutch, which is one of the most difficult things to do in all of basketball. And kids coming out of junior college, you really figure out who loves the game, who lives the game, and um, you know, we wanted winners. You know, that's one of the things that we're recruiting is the intangible of winning. Having guys come into a program, they're not used to losing. They don't. They can't stand losing. They don't have that 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 kind of. um uh, contagion of losing he didn't have that he brought nothing but winner winning here he hasn't he hasn't been a part of a losing season here we we're 500 last year you know we're above 500 this year uh, he's just not used to losing and you need to have that in your program in your locker room he doesn't accept losing we saw that when we were recruiting him and it was a no-brainer because he had the leadership qualities he had, a, a, he had nothing but winning uh pedigree um so those were the two things that that we looked at and we we just had to have and uh, obviously, we're incredibly blessed to have him be a part of our program and his ability to be a Swiss Army knife, you know some of the things we do def- defensively are very unique. they couldn't be done without intro in the middle of it. so um you know he brings so much more than just you know scoring or anything like that. He just um you know he, he kind of no matter what position you throw him in offensive defense, he's like whatever you need, he just wants to be on the floor and he wants to win.
0: You know, Antro Coach mentioned this to us the other day. We were talking about you before the Bonaventure game, and he, he was saying all those same exact things that you've won at every level that you have played at. And, you know, last year at 16 and 16, alums like me were walking around like you guys won the NCAA because that's how, how <laughs> tough you know times have been around here. And Coach pointed out that it was probably driving you crazy that you guys lost 16 times last year, where most fans would sign up for 16 wins every year around here. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was. That's why it like, was getting me. I was like, dang, everybody's excited. Like, I'm like, to me, we should be way better. Like, even last year, I feel like we should have, we could have been way better. So it's like some games we just let it get away from us. So it was like, especially like the five game losing streak, I almost lost my mind last year in conference. Like, I've never been through anything like that, like, ever. So it was kind of like, it was very, very difficult. Do
1: you and have I a favorite? Lost too many games this year. Yeah, yeah. For
0: real. Well, and again, I, coach, I said this to you the other day, and just to say it out loud, not even to get you a response, but you know, you guys, there's a two or three Atlantic 10 games that you could have won. You guys could be in first place right now. So like, you know, people that to kind of stop the, or kind of validate more where you guys are right now, there's a path to where you're going into VCU on Saturday in first place in the Atlantic 10. And they're trying to chase you being tied for second. not a bad consolation prize, yeah. but I mean, as good as twenty-one and five could be, like twenty-three and three also was in play for you guys.
1: It was, and, and these guys don't understand that. We think we gave a couple away. Now credit to the teams that we lost to; they did what they needed to do to win the games. But we felt like if we had played the way we're capable of playing, we'd be we, we sitting here having a different conversation. But as a result, you know, you gotta you gotta focus on the next game because in this league, you're you're one game out of first, and you're also like one and a half game. To be in ninth. Yeah. You know, so the teams and the, this league has gotten so good and so competitive um, and every team, like I mentioned, you know, when it's a good program, when every, every team seems to be getting better in February and more and more difficult. So um, for us, we just got to focus on what we can control. And we believe that if we just continue the process of getting better each and every day, we're going to be competitive no matter who we play. Um, and these guys, they understand that they, you know, they, I think. They're more bought in now than ever before. They're literally studying. They come in every day. Like, we already put that team behind us last night. Like, they celebrated last night. They enjoyed it. Now, today, we put that to bed, and we we're already on the VCU. And it's because these guys understand. They got a goal in mind, and they know it's not going to be easy. But um, it makes it a lot easier when you have leaders like these guys just focused on the next step.
0: And I was going to ask you about that, Keith. Um, obviously, not specifics for game plan, but more like, structure for fans that don't necessarily know how things work. Bonaventure game is on Wednesday night. Now it's Thursday tomorrow practice, and then fly to VCU game Saturday. So how do you actually, you know, what's the, the overall setup to get you guys the quick transition from playing recovery and then moving on to prep for the next opponent in what 72 hours.
1: Yeah. And not to mention these guys go to class too. uh, They got work to do in, in, you know, there's study halls and stuff like that. So You know, we have a fantastic staff. We communicate a lot. And and as a result, we try to just do the best we can, um, making sure the guys, their minds are are more rested. Physically, everybody's sore. Everybody's hurt in February. Everybody's grinding. These guys are thoroughbreds, man. They've done so much work in the preseason to to have their bodies prepared and ready for this type of of pounding. But it's really the teams that are more mentally tough because – it can be fatigued when you're going through every, every couple of days, it's a grind. Right. So you got studies, you got, then, you know, like not a whole lot of sleep last night, wake up, you go to class, then you get into the film room. We got 45 minutes of film. And, you know, so we got to be very careful, you know, with two day prep, we, we, we we do a little bit of more stretching and, and mindfulness and get these guys some treatment and do a little bit more walkthrough stuff today. And then, you know, always the day before our game, we get after it but we try to you know it's a lot easier when you got guys coming in that are ready to compete right off the bat these guys are going so hard in the in in like 30 minutes of live action and we have to cut it short so you don't have to go long when you have older guys who are competitive you're getting your work in and you're getting off the court so we're trying to we're trying to just you know make sure we're, we're cognizant of rest and recovery and um and when you have upperclassmen who want um, to be successful, they're, they're doing what's necessary. They're sacrificing, you know, they're getting into the cold tubs and doing contrast and getting rest and eating well and staying hydrated. So um, it's really important that everybody's on the same path.
0: And last question, um, everybody that's been following the program knows how great the gym has been for the last couple of home games, but what's it like on campus, you know, on your way, walking to class or get some food, you guys getting some love just kind of on the, on the sidewalk tour and in, in the buildings and the, in the dorms.
2: Yeah, it's just a lot of people are like you say recognizing us now, like seeing us great game last night, uh, you know, things like that. So it it's definitely a good feeling walking around campus when you kind of mm-hmm. like the quote unquote star right now or whatever. So it's it's great feeling just walking around campus, being in there with our our classmates and stuff and they're showing us love. And we also like we we love the support. So like we like to show them love back and like they at the end of the day they're our classmates, so we don't feel like we're above them or anything. So we just all interact with each other.
0: Yeah, you guys are now storming the student section.
1: (laughs) Don't taste the perfume. It's poison. Uh,
0: Well, you guys deserve the love for now. But again, uh, no turnovers or limited turnovers on Saturday at VCU. That's the one thing we ask. Gotcha. Uh, got this is an awesome chat, man. Thanks for hanging out. We appreciate it. Congrats on the season so far and best of luck the rest of the way.
1: Thank you. Appreciate (laughs) class.
0: Coach, uh, great chat as always. Again, thanks for letting me hang out with you guys. I appreciate that. Congrats on Bonaventure and best of luck at VCU.
1: Thank you guys so much. And and just again, to reiterate, thank you to the community at large, man. It's been a fantastic little run. We got two more games left here at Rose Thrill. We need to make sure that they're the best yet. So please continue to come out, continue to be loud. It makes a world of difference um, and we appreciate it for sure. Thank you so much.